Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello, happy Friday and welcome to Short Bus Debate Club. I am Brian Courtney. And it is in fact Friday and I am Darren Jolly. Yes, he is. And we are going to finish out this week with weapons of mass destruction or insignificant destruction destruction of some sort does that mean it's like we're finishing off with a bang then Both boom literally yes absolutely um before we jump into the whole weapons thing though i want to let you, everyone know that somebody named john king from oklahoma city sent a text message to us um and he said that climate change is a hoax and I told him we were going to quit the show and start another show called The Really Short Bus Debate Club. And that we were just going to talk about Bible stuff all the time. Um, it was a very serious conversation. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but John King said, no, don't quit. Just do two shows if you have to. So, um, apparently we have one fan. One fan. Can I say one thing before we kick off the specifics of this? I, one thing that we didn't talk about on Wednesday, um, probably because we were like uh, going way out on the limb or the limb beyond the limb beyond yeah. the limb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the religious stuff that comes in with sometimes movies like that. And what I was thinking of was The Stand, right? Did you, did you ever watch that goofy miniseries? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, it starts off where. Uh, this, uh, You're talking about the Stephen King stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So like the uh, this uh, um, this bunker, this military bunker, uh, where they have all kinds of uh, chemical and biological weapons stored. Something gets out. Uh, they're supposed to lock everything down, but one of the guys gets out. Uh, this sickness goes and spreads across, you know, the world. Um, they call it Captain Trips. It you know starts as a regular cold, but it just fucking kills every motherfucker. So it starts with that. And the resolution of the movie, when it gets like, uh, they, they, there's this Mother Abigail lady, and they go to Boulder, and the, the good that's people. the one where there there's two cities, Vegas and, and Denver, Bo- yeah, right, Bo- or Boulder, yeah, uh-huh. okay. And and they're they're like Mother Abigail, you know, is the you know she's like God's chosen one, and uh, um, Randall Flag is supposed to be the you know the incarnation of the devil, right, and. Uh, you know, they're, they're sort of like following their revelations sort of moments until they get to the point where, um, and it's really obnoxious. I mean, I, I, I need to read the book. I think it probably is a pretty good book. Uh, the 1980s doc or miniseries was, was goofy as fuck. I mean, it had Lieutenant Dan, you know, on it, (laughs) but, and they had another version that came out in 2020 and it did not get very good reviews. But the end of the movie, uh, there's an atomic bomb that blows up Vegas. So you you start with, you know, chemical biological weapons, and you end with a with a big boom, with a bang. I think Stephen King's a hack. I'm not a big fan of his writing. Um, I read Silver Bullet or the short story that that movie was based on. That I read Christine. 
Um, and I read Firestarter, and I'm I'm not a big fan. And as fucking kid, Joe Hill is just as bad or worse, dude. I, I had a hard time reading his stuff, but I mean, I gotta say, like, dude, Shawshank Redemption. I mean, that that was a short story by him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for some reason, that in The Shining is one of the weirdest fucking, you know. I mean, and Jack Nicholson's fucking character is one of the most iconic. You know, horrors, you know, like him sitting there, you know, talking to ghosts, getting fucking drunk, getting, you know. I have a really hard time, and I know that this makes me sound narrow-minded and and stubborn. And and I'm not really narrow-minded. I may be stubborn, but... Don't sell yourself, Stuart. I, I haven't really been able to get into any books that have been written after, like... 1978 at all not at all um did did i give you a copy of lamb did you ever oh yeah lamb is probably the the one um exception that's not like a fiction masterpiece but it's a funny fucking book that is a brilliant fucking book and i would call it a masterpiece dude i mean a book that can actually make me laugh out loud is a good book as far as I'm concerned. And that one did it several times. Yeah, especially because you got fucking Jesus, you know, talking to Levi about what it's like to have sex because he thinks he can't have sex. So Levi's banging a prostitute and Jesus is talking to him next door and the prostitute starts telling her, tell him, if you guys are going to do shit like this, you're going to have to pay a little bit more next time. Well, and then he just keeps getting fucking STDs, and Jesus just keeps curing him. And and Jesus says, I can't be a Jew. I have to eat bacon. I mean, these are all wonderful things. Fucking brilliant, dude. Oh, yeah, so since you brought up the miniseries, there was one that I wanted to talk about, but forgot, because it wasn't that great anyway. You know, because it's just regular TV. Miniseries are bad a lot. But the day after, which was done in 1983, was one of them that was supposed to scare the shit out of us because of the Russians and just nukes in general. I don't know this one. Uh, Steve Gutenberg was in it. Oh, there's another um, and they all went into the bomb shelter because nukes went off and they came out and, you know, everything is just fucking yeah. obliterated, basically. Um and I can't remember what the fuck happened in it. Maybe they killed each other and all ate each other. But I don't the, know. It is ni- that, that 1983 where we still were a long ways away from Perestroika. And we all, it, it's the Red Dawn thing that we talked about where we, I, we, we were children at that time. We believed, you were 10, you know, I was seven. We believed that this was imminent. Yes. So. But uh, they, they probably used. Like some of the B footage from like our tests, our nuke testing, yeah. mm-hmm. because they had a really nice mushroom cloud, and that was before CGI, you know, was what it is now. They didn't have like 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 jewels like a thought thing saying I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker motherfucker. Every <laughs> time TNT. I touch brains, I feel yeah, guns that never own. <laughs> Yeah, probably not that, that since that didn't come out for another 12 years or um, 11 years. Yeah, so I mean, it. How many was that? Was it four episodes or? 
Dude, I can't remember that part. I only saw it once. Well, it says it's two hours and seven minutes. No, so it's just so my guess is... Well, I swear they broke it up into two, at least two, but maybe not. That's not very, I mean, you should at least run, but that, yeah, it says, it just says it's a TV movie. Jason Robards, yeah, Steve Gutenberg, Joe Beth Williams, a bunch of, oh, John Lithgow. That looks like the most disgusting kid I've ever seen in my life. Amy Madigan. Yeah, very 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're in eastern Kansas, little town in eastern Kansas. And the disgusting kid you're talking about is Lori Leffen, I'm assuming? Yeah. That, that was probably a picture from the movie. No, I, I figured she's got her hair, like, missing in the front, so she looks like she's got radiation poisoning or something. Yeah. yeah. Delightful. All right. So, um... Now that we've thanked John King and Stephen King, talked John about King. John King books a little bit. John King, yeah. Who's John King? The guy from Oklahoma City who sent us a text message. Oh, that's right. I was thinking. I was still focused on uh, the stand. Yeah, that's not his real name. I work with him, but we'll let him. That be, is his real name. We'll let him be anonymous. Well, whatever. Okay. Um. Okay, so now we're going to talk about weapons of destruction. And, you know, on, on Monday we kind of dove into some shit that may or, or may not be considered destruction, because that's what we do. Um, now we're going to maybe dive a little bit deeper. So, again, the UN says it's got to kill millions of people. And it's nuclear, biological, chemical, radiological, or any future weapon that can have the same devastating effect as basically the atomic bomb from World War II. So the science fiction qualitative. Concept. Right. Now, they also go on to say, you know, it can't affect animals or, or the environment. You don't remember those other four qualifications that what, I gave when it? I gave the yeah, definition. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Anyway, they're, I mean, they, they tried to, to make it as broad as possible compared to what Homeland Security and, and the FBI and, well, basically the United States government did. Because the UN's intentions are quite a bit different than... Yeah. <laughs> Saying. <laughs> I would say so. <clears throat> um, so, I'm. Did you have anything you wanted to cover from the last one, or should I jump in with Just what I was kind start, of thinking about? And then I'll come in and say some so, because of the UN's definition of, of future weapons, I wanted to cover at least two right off the bat. Um, two new ones or two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, or development. futuristic okay. development projects, top secret shit that leaked out, whatever. So the Navy has been trying to develop what they call the rail gun for a really long time. And they scrapped 
that project in order to focus on lasers because solid state lasers okay so maybe I'm gonna cover three solid state lasers are more developed and more reliable now than the railgun was during so testing. What, what's, what was the railgun? Well, the yeah. I'll, okay. So the railgun is basically electricity and magnets that are throwing a projectile. And I think the main reason that they weren't successful is because the Navy was developing them to mount on ships. Um, but during the testing, like I've watched the a couple of different YouTube videos showing the tests and they're going through like fucking five or six, you know, concrete walls that are spaced 10 or 15 feet apart. Um, and they're two or three miles out in the ocean. So they're, they're very powerful weapons. Why they scrapped it. I don't know if it's because they didn't have the, accuracy that they wanted or or what the deal was because they don't how tell me that it, how much well so the last one that they did was i believe 10.68 megajoules That's which is a lot of fucking energy that at least gets you to 88 miles an hour and back back to the future yeah <laughs> and they're throwing um basically a a projectile that weighs, I think it was seven and a half pounds. So, you know, you don't have to worry about gunpowder or any sort of trigger mechanism other than hitting a button. So is it is it just that you, like, get, like, a differential between charges? Like, that... I don't... I, I didn't look at any of the schematics or, or try to figure out how it works. I just know that... Electricity hits some like fucking magnet, and then the magnet grabs yeah, the projectile and shoots. Like I mean, somehow or another, that would have to be something like that. Now, here's a kind of a cool thing. Okay. There's a company called, I believe it's Arc Flash, and they are selling handheld railguns to the public for like four grand. There's a cheaper model even for 1500 Well, if I can look at that, I should be able to figure at least generally what the science is that's behind it on some level. Yeah, if I had an extra four grand, I'd just go ahead and buy one. It sounds like the kind of a gun a cokehead would use, though. Well, I, I would use one. The first thing I thought of was like Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man, where he's like, wait a minute, this is the future. Where the fuck are the ray guns and shit? That first one that he, the, the, the first futuristic one that's got a charge is the one that. Well, because he goes to the armory. Yeah. And he's looking around and he got a shotgun and whatever. The armory inside of the museum. Yeah, okay. because that's the only place you can find yeah, a yeah. gun. Yeah. Um, Just in case people didn't know. Demolition, man. <laughs> anyway, that was, that was the first thing that I thought of. But on the reviews that I read, and I read a an article from this company futuristic and they said that essentially the handgun or that the handrail gun or coil gun is essentially not much stronger than a BB gun. So I wouldn't go and, and dump four grand 
onto this new coil gun yet um, because, well, unless you want to shoot an intruder with a BB gun. Um, well, if it's not going to kill him, but it's going to knock him out good, that'd be okay. I guess. If it's like not, I mean, uh, something that would whoop a motherfucker's ass and is non lethal, for some people, that's going to be attractive. But that's not a weapon of mass destruction. No, sure. no. But what I was getting at is that the, the technology is starting to go that way. And then if you look at their replacement, which is the solid state laser, mm-hmm. which also reminds me of a movie, Real Genius. Of course, yes. I, I knew where you were going there. Um, it's like leasing a stick of dynamite. <laughs> 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 then... I saw those tests as well, and they were shooting drones out of the sky um, to test the accuracy. They had this boat that was cruising around, and I don't know what the distance was. They didn't say. But instead of just shooting the whole boat, they were shooting shit off of the top of the boat, like they had set it on top of the... Just to see how accurate it was. And it was just... Doing a good job. Yeah. So it was great. They weren't like bouncing anything off of like mirrors, anything like real genius though. No, because the solid state laser was mounted right on the deck of the ship. Now, the sad thing is, is that just in that last round of testing for the rail gun, the Navy had already spent $500 million. So to spend that much money and then to scrap a project, Probably not the most right. ingenious they got, thing. They got taxpayers to, you know, yeah. we're, we can R&D them until the end of time. Right. And I'm and sure. And not get anything in return for it. You know, we, we created the internet, but Google gets all the money and Facebook. That's the way it works, dude. I mean, all of our contracts with fucking Lockheed and Raytheon, Northrop Grumman. I mean, we say, okay, we want. 67 ships delivered by this date and then they come back and say sorry we can't deliver them by this date but we go ahead and cut them a fucking check anyway that's kind of the some of the budgeting thing that we've talked about in previous episodes yeah, the, well, the welfare state for the military and like yeah said, uh, free markets because that's the world we live in capitalism free markets fuck off so the rail gun is kind of like the super gun and the super gun. well so Lots of countries have talked about this super gun. Um, Hitler was trying to develop a super gun in World War II. Um, A scientist was arrested by the United States for trying to create a super gun for Saddam Hussein. Mm -hmm. So I would assume that, you know, probably Russia and China and whoever are trying to create this super gun. But essentially a super gun is... Just a really, really fucking big gun. Um, And like the one, and I've seen it in documentaries. I don't know. I probably should have looked. But the one that like Hitler was trying to develop had a barrel that was fucking huge. I think you probably could have driven a car through parts of it. Um, But, you know, it just started getting smaller and smaller at toward the end of the barrel. Mm -hmm. But the idea was that you could just shoot whatever you want to call it, a bullet, not really a bullet, but a mortar, whatever, really, really fucking far. Um, 
Maybe I'll, I'll just look up super gun real quick. You know, when you when you refer to it as a super gun, it just sounds like so hacky, though. It sounds like the like the Doomsday device, you know. A freaking laser. Yeah, freaking laser beams. It just it's just uh, it sounds it sounds goofy. And these are like and again like are like a big gun like that so a cannon like what the fuck are you gonna, i mean you 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 get it up in the air far enough to where it comes down i mean if it's if you can turn it into like a projectile that's like a uh, um uh like a big ass fucking uh, asteroid you know then you you're talking about something that's creating some like devastating shit but even still like that has to go way it has to be go way high it has to be really fucking big. It has to come down and not burn up as it's fucking coming down. I just don't like this. All seems okay. So I just I, I looked up super gun. Okay. And I got to fucking Wikipedia again. Um, but it just says a large caliber artillery used by United Nations Register of Conventional Arms. It's guns, howitzers. No, that's not what it is. Fucking stupid shit. Uh, let's see. I don't know. It's a big fucking gun. Um, it's and not, it's not a weapon of mass destruction, though. Well, it's not a weapon at all right now. But it fits under the UN because of the futuristic thing. This is all. That's all technicality. Right. right. Though. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. one of one of the things that when I was looking at all this stuff that sort of became problematic in my head, especially when it comes to like chemical and biological stuff, right? Like every time we fucking turn around, somebody's being accused of using these things. I mean, it's literally the way that we drummed up the position to to invade Iraq in, in two thousand three. They were doing the you know, we've talked about it, the satellite photos of the trains that were moving back and forth. Now we know that that he had uh, chemical and biological stuff that was being used in in Iran, you know, in in the Iran Iraq Iraq stuff, and that 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 went on for for a while. But because we were pissed at Iran at that point, we were blaming it on Iran, you know, we like the the wonderful history between the Kurds and the fuck in Iraq. I mean, uh, it seems like pretty demonstrable that he that he had gassed the Kurds on several occasions. Over well, we accused him of uh, doing it against the Kuwaitis too, right? But that, like, if you go, that, that was that was as that was as much bullshit as it was. Actually, there's some suggestions the Kuwaitis did it to some other people, and like when I was because of course, like once I start going down, that I gotta look at the Kuwait stuff. I gotta look at the but there's it's so funny because like we we hated we we hated you know iran and Khomeini you know and all the shit that we kept finding saddam with our buddy at that point in time and then we kind of needed to knock you know he, he he'd come out a little bit too strong so we needed to kind of knock his dick into the dirt for a little while so we said hey you know this whole you know weird drilling thing that's going on between you and Kuwait. Oh, this is you guys' problem. We're not even going to really. And then they invade. They're stuck there for eight months. And then we're like, oh, you violated international law. But even in the middle of it, yeah, I, there were some things that were suggestions of, of of Kuwait. But even when you go back and like look at it now, like they don't even they don't even barely talk about that. But they do talk about the gassing of the Kurds. They talk about all that stuff that was going on then. And 
the 2003 bullshit, right? Now, again, in 2018, all right, uh, so there were there were three uh, alleged instance, in, instances in Syria in, in 2017, but there was another big one that was in Douma in 2018, all right? Now, there is an organization called the uh, Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, OPCW. This is a huge, uh, they have a huge relationship with the United Nations, a very positively looked at organization, all right? Uh, 180-some-odd members, member states subscribe to their uh their mission statement and work with them, right? So in after this incident in 2018, two like seasoned veteran chemical uh like these guys that go and look and look at the evidence and see yeah kind of on. an auditor, yes, an yes, inspector, exactly. whatever. So Ian Henderson and Brandon Whalen, right? They go on an FFM, a fact finding mission, right? And the suggestion had been that uh that Bashar al-Assad had used chlorine on these attacks in Douma. This is not a political institution, the OPCW, right? Right, they're, they're independent of any country. And, and they go in and they, 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 they take facts. But they don't get paid from the country, right? No, it's all, yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it, who, I don't know, I don't want to oversimplify, like if the U.S. is giving most of the funding, like we do with most everything when it comes to the United Nations. Obviously, there's always conflicts of interest that develop out of it, all right? But uh, these two guys find that there was nothing to demonstrate that there was chlorine uh, in these um, uh, these alleged attacks, all right? So the head of the OPCW, uh, Fernando Arias, right, uh, publicly attempted to debunk the... Uh, findings of these individuals because, uh, well, the allegation is that when uh, it was suggested that they'd use these, done made these chlorine attacks in that area, that the United States needed to do something about it. So the U.S. was going to attack, right? Or they were going to give uh, the capability to individuals inside of the area to neutralize whatever it was that Bashar al-Assad or anybody else that was acting on behalf of these horrible individuals that would use these chemical weapons uh they, they were gonna you know give us some uh justice right um so they tried to repress these people's these individuals uh findings right and uh aaron mate really good investigative uh reporter um he sort of wrote up a bunch of stuff trying to to make it publicly known what it was that was happening Immediately after he does this, they call him a Russian stoolie. They call him a, 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 an Assad toady. Anybody that doesn't fall in line with uh, these certain uh, U.S. intentions when it comes to what's being tried to put forward with regards to our uh, foreign policy, uh, they just bash him publicly. You know, and these these two scientists are being bashed publicly. And I guess the big point that I'm making right here is that biological and chemical weapons exist. And they fucking suck and they're horrible and the stockpile should be being destroyed. But we have these moments in history where, you know, we, we use them as a way to justify foreign policy act actions. And, and I like or some sort of fucking invasion, whatever. I, I mean, I know that that's one of the actions. No, but but that's a, yeah, that's that's the point, yeah. though, is it, like when these things, these are things that we should be good faith actors, you know, taking seriously. But 
we're, we're assholes that are using them as mechanisms to try to advance, which is kind of the same thing, like that may be happening with regards to like we were talking about the whether or not uh, Putin would use one of those lightweight nuclear weapons, you know, where, and this is just the last point, just to wrap it all up. Um, in the original uh, US invasion in Iraq, what? Oh, nothing. I just was, but uh, um, we were using depleted uranium munitions, right? I mean, this isn't chemical biological weapons, but when the US left and these these shells that were, you know, they're great for piercing armor and whatnot, uh, like the, the children, cases of children cancer and leukemia went up like 4,000% in Baghdad, you know, because these munitions were left there and they were radioactive, right? So, I mean, that's not like a chemical, chemical weapon, but it's most definitely something that's akin to fucking nuclear that fucked a bunch of little, bunch, bunch of kids up, fucked a bunch of water supplies up, you know? Not good. We're we're good at fucking things up and not necessarily going back and cleaning it up. And I'm not saying we are the only ones to do it. I mean, fucking Myanmar is full of landmines. Um, right. <laughs> uh, Vietnam has plenty of unexploded munitions laying around. Um, so people who are at war with one another, I think from now on it should be a fucking rule that you have to go in and take your shit out regardless of how much it costs. Because that was like the United States when they left you, uh, Afghanistan, they just left shitloads of fucking vehicles, guns, ammo, um, all of that shit. And from what I've seen on like Vice and in the newspaper, most of that shit is now in the Taliban's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think they put a lot of thought into it except for the fact that, well, if we ship it all back, it's going to cost us $200 million. Let's just leave it here and hopefully they'll kill themselves. That's a, it, I mean, I remember when I, before I left the academy, there was a goofy book by this guy named Michael Walter called Just and Unjust Wars. I just don't even know what that fucking means, you know? I don't know what the rules of war are. I don't know. I mean, like, at the beginning of this, the Ukraine thing, like, uh, they were talking all kinds of shit about Putin, uh, but they're like, well, he's not coming after civilian populations so much, right? But now the gloves are off, so... Uh, the power grids are down. Um, they, they there's all this shit going on in Kiev where the the, the sirens are going off all the time. Um, essentially, uh, it's the middle of the fucking winter, and they're like I said, the power grids are off. So you know people are gonna freeze, freeze to death, you know. And because essentially Ukraine is the breadbasket of Eurasia, and you don't have the ability to run agriculture. Uh, agricultural economy at this point in time, uh, people are going to start starving, you know? So I don't even, I mean, that's like starving people to death. Is that, a, is that, is that, I mean, if, if, if 12,000 people die from hunger this, this winter, if, 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 if 14,000 die of freezing to death, I mean, is, is, is shutting off the power grid. And I don't want to, I mean, that's why, 
he wants all the Patriot shit. You know, uh, what's his douche nozzle? Um, say his name. Well, I can't remember his fucking Is it Z- Zelensky? Yeah, Zelensky I was going to say Svetlinsky. Yeah, he wants, he wants, uh, I mean, and I, I get that, but ultimately if he has those Patriot missiles, then he's going to start hitting on the inside of Russia. And then, then we really are going it. I mean, but th- this is, this is why it's, it's obnoxious to even talk about or think about these things in terms of just and unjust or rules or not rules. And at the end of the day, once the numbers start climbing and, it's going to take us a long time to unpack that, you know. I mean, weapons of mass destruction, fuck, you know. You know, and dude, like with what you talked about with Syria and, you know, the shit we talked about when we were talking about the Ukraine and Russia and the fact that the Ukrainians are are just as fucking, like, mean and nasty as any Russian would be with regard to torture and and all of that stuff. Most people here don't realize the Syria thing or the Ukraine thing or whatever. So again, you know, regardless of what we say or what you heard on MSN or fucking what you read in the newspaper or whatever, do some fact checking before you start fucking writing a check and sending it to Ukraine now or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, yeah, it could be a front for uh, you know a white supremacist organization in the Ukraine or or anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Ukraine, not just the yeah. white supremacist thing, but I mean, do you really? And not that the Ukrainians are going to take over and suddenly become a superpower if they win this war, but do you really want them to even be? a superpower in the region if they are doing the shit that they've done in the past. Do you want the Ukraine now saying, ah, well, fuck it. We beat Russia. So, um, Belarus was part of their, let's, let's go, let's invade Belarus. Let's invade Georgia. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and take these former Soviet blocks and we're going to make them part of the Ukraine now. Not to say that that's going to happen, but, you know, once the big stupid bully on the block beats a couple of little kids up, he gets his chest puffed out and he feels a lot stronger, um, especially if he's got another bigger, stupider bully standing behind him, writing checks and giving him fucking rocks for his slingshot um, and firecrackers to stick up a frog's ass. Anyway, we, we try to keep these metaphors going <laughs> for episodes and episodes and episodes to be sure. Um, so just, you know, check your facts. We're not always going to be right. Well, Most I'm, of the I'm, time I'm, we're I'm right. right. I'm right all the time. I never. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Okay. So I didn't mean to take us too far off the, the Syria thing, but, um, yeah, that I would say both those instances, if someone had used chemical weapons, would have been a WMD. And if you do shut off the power grid in the middle of winter, I think that could be considered a WMD, depending on, you know, how you do it. Um, 
I mean, so what would be the, the gentler, gentler, kinder way of... Well, no, no. What I guess what I'm getting at, like what we talked about at the end of the last episode where, you know, cyber warfare or economic warfare, depending on how it's done, could be considered a weapon of mass destruction. So I guess what I'm getting at is that if somebody just walks into the fucking... Ukrainian power plant and flips the switch and then walks out. I don't know if that's a WMD, but if you blow up the power plant with a missile or shoot a virus in, then maybe that is a WMD. Especially if it's in a way to where it would be difficult for you to turn it back on. At all. Yeah. 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 Like, I, and after the Saudi thing, dude. And of course, like is is as you know, time is. I mean, there are developments throughout the week. That was a very new thing um, when I brought up on Monday uh, the, that the Chinese went and uh, offered that uh, deal to the Saudis. You know, or maybe not say offered that deal, but uh, suggested they consider trade, selling their uh, their oil in and getting paid in yuan and using that as sort of like a reserve currency currency or like a petro petroleum instead of petrodollars like i kept i kept thinking about this like more and and the saudis of course like we've we've fed them so many uh so much military capabilities they're not going to just you know they're they're trying to leverage a position just like anybody else that has a certain advantage um from their specific subjective space but i started to think about uh that in the context of uh, like something like GameStop, right? And so you think about currencies, and of course this is too many different things like crossing at the same time. But um, you know about with the GameStop thing that happened, uh, the uh, there was sort of this uh, position, a short squeeze position, meaning that uh, uh, a specific hedge fund had shorted the stock of GameStop beyond the actual total number of GameStop stock, uh, stock shares uh, because GameStop was taking a nosedive. But this uh, goofy ass motherfucker uh, that was somehow tied to this thing called Wall Street Bets on Reddit. I mean, I'm just reviewing stuff that, you know, if you have any idea of what happened in the last couple of years, you should know about some of this stuff. But the dude's name was Roaring Kitty. Um, and they, they kept pushing for this thing that they called uh, 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 to the moon, where you're essentially driving up the, the value of the stock uh, to where you literally crush the, the, the short sellers. Um, but we were um, about, I don't know, 18 months ago, right, ar- right around the time that it had actually happened, we were doing one of our, our alternative political thought reading group sessions and Janae said, is there a way that a person could take this type of a strategy and utilize it against, you know, big financial powers? And, you know, when I, when I think about that and I think about, like, the, the question that China posed to Saudi Arabia, it seems like um, the the relative volatility of the financial system uh, 
and when I say relative volatility, I mean it in the sense that like once we depegged to the gold standard, value became exchange value became exchange value only in so far as you have different types of currencies that are recognized as having value based on their economics, you know, based on their the way their country's uh, performances are, you know, like like value exists only because we're all these human beings looking at each other, doing these productive activities on the daily basis and maintaining faith that the value continues to exist. But there is very little doubt that um, that should uh, that perception with regards to value disappear or shrink up or get threatened um there is clear weapons of mass destruction capability it's, and that's not it starts in the abstract but you better fucking believe that if if something happened to where uh, the yuan doesn't really want the dollar to crash because the yuan has value because the dollar has value because the sterling you know uh the sterling pound has value and so on and so forth um, that doesn't mean that there aren't relative positions of domination, depending on how you fit into the global political economy. But it is kind of scary to think about how if somebody found a way to sort of leverage a position, like what happened with GameStop um, writ large, there could be some incredibly horrible out outcomes. Well, and there's some stupid shit that could happen, too. And, you know, with society being what it is today, just imagine, okay, so you remember the Eli Lilly yeah. guy, right? The, you, you mean when they said the... The insulin was yeah, free. Yeah, insulin's free. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's another good example. Right. So just for a minute, think about what would happen even if nothing ever really did happen. But if, let's say, 25 people started tweeting that the Saudi deal went through and that now yuan was used for Saudi dollars or for petrodollars, that could cause a huge fucking thing and nothing ever happened. Um would be interesting to see what would actually happen though. I mean, they would since nothing actually happened if there was a dip in any value at all, it would be self-corrected fairly quickly, but I would imagine that it would run wild for a couple days and then you'd still end up at the grocery store 2 weeks later and some dipshit would be like I can't believe that when we buy gas, China's making money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so like the, the 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 rule is that nothing. I mean, all it takes is perception to to move from from one position to you. Literally, take somebody's assemblage point, the way that they look at something, their perspective on it, and you shift it. And then all these, like a domino, you know, all these other perspectives change at the fucking same time. And then you have, and this, sh this is the shit that really scares me about it, right? You have all these fucking financial jackasses on the outside, and they're like, oh, there is a possibility to make a bunch of money off of this because of the way that the perceptions are shifting. They're not thinking about the way that if well, you push it too far, you bring an entire... Imagine any of those 
fuck sticks that made all of that money off of the real estate crash mm-hmm. because of what they had done to begin with. But imagine if they saw that rumor floating and right now the yuan's worth 14 cents, they fucking start buying futures and not deep futures, but like 48 hour futures futures, into the yuan Uh and make billions of dollars. This this is, that's my, you know, because I mean, when you start to fuck around with things like that, two things can happen. (laughs) One is that there could be a crash. The other is that you might inadvertently alter the, 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 the balance of power, you know, which is just, and I mean, like I said, we, we all know that value, well, we should know that value exists because of the relative spaces that these things create. People don't know that, though. They think a dollar is worth a dollar. Well, so it's, uh, but not within the people that get all obnoxious about the fiat side of it and say that it's just, it's just fake in the first place. You know, I mean, that's right. But I mean, seriously, I don't even think they know what any of that is worth. I, do you know what I'm saying? Well, of course. They, I mean, well, how much is the dollar worth? It's worth a dollar, you <laughs> fucking dildo. <laughs> well, no. How much is it really worth? Well, if I buy something for a quarter, you're going to give me 75 cents back. It's worth a dollar. Yeah, I, 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 I get your point. Like it's somehow or another though. Like we have to like we have to have a sharper understanding of the relationship between utility and exchange. Like when I tell a lot of people that when I go to Romania that I'm like a fucking rich man because it's worth anywhere between four and six times the value of, of the Romania dollar. I get four to one blow jobs. They're like, I don't understand. They give you six dollars. No, no, never mind. Don't worry about it. We're, we're good. Um, no, a dollar's worth a dollar. You're right. It, it's complicated stuff. I don't mean to make everybody sound like an idiot, even though most people are fucking idiots. Um, I don't mean to say <laughs> that everybody's an idiot, even though most motherfuckers are stupid, fucking dumb, motherfucking, fucking idiots. You know, you, the, it's the delicateness with which you you make these comments that uh, I have sensitivity. been. I've you been should, told multiple times throughout my life that I have so much tact. You should you should teach sensitivity training classes. I think probably or desensitivity. <laughs> I'm going to desensitize you motherfuckers. Um, Okay, so, yes, financial and cyber warfare, I think, are still on the table. And I am still more scared of the China thing than I am the nuke thing. Um, Don't you think that they're smart enough to know? I mean, they just want to, they just want to. I mean, they want to be at the top. Don't get me wrong. I mean, everything that Xi Jinping has, has done since he's, but like they just barely depegged. I mean, it was like five years ago. You know, I mean, I think they are smart enough to know, but I also think that they're smart enough. I mean, what if they've already got all of it set up? You know, that. Russia and India and Brazil are going to back them. And then Venezuela 
And then for some reason, El Salvador decided not to be a Bitcoin economy, but they have decided to move to the yuan. They would have a lot of incentive to shift. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, so there are all of these places. Yeah, Maybe even you. fucking Canada has said, yeah, you know what? We're tired of these motherfuckers to the south. Besides, we've already bought most of the mines from Montana down to Colorado and some of the ones in Pennsylvania and Ohio. So we already own most of those mines. If the dollar is worth less, we can buy more mines. We're right there with you. And then we can actually hire American people to work those mines because it's going to be cheaper to have yeah. Americans working. And then we'll take over North America. It, and then everybody will yeah, have to say, people, what you talking about? What you talking about? <laughs> and you, you, people are going to think we're like Alex Jones now or something like that. <laughs> but these are things that we, you got to, you have, I mean, that's why they have to, like, there's this thing called modern monetary theory, right? And it's, it's this rhetorical space where they talk about how deficit spending isn't like, you know, what you do at your house, you know? Right. And there's some really intelligent things that they say, but they talk about this concept called a sovereign currency and like i don't want to do them wrong like i need to go and try to understand what their their bullshit argument is but there is no such thing as a sovereign currency because all anymore. currencies are they're all relative like they're all and yes there are positions again like we're relative positions of power i know we're talking about this money stuff too much but the when i think about a real i worry less about a bomb dropping than more about a a money bomb dropping. Yeah, we're we're super fucked. And I didn't even mention it the last time we were talking about it, but you and I talked about it right before we started recording. And this is the last thing I'll say because we're at 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, China has loaned us shitloads of money. Shitloads. So not only do they have probably billions of dollars worth of tourist money, that they're holding on to, True. but they also have loaned us a bunch of fucking money. So if they did both and flooded the market with the tourist dollars and called the loans back, then there's no even, there's no way to even spell how fucked we would be. But they would not. I mean, oh, yeah, you, you know, no. they're not going to, because that's because their value is, but they can do certain things. They can leverage certain things in a measured way. Like if if we don't think about it in absolute terms, like where you you start to slide some in here and call some in there, you know. Well, dude, I just mentioned the fucking you know countries on really this yeah. side of the fucking globe. But if they went through Asia, I mean, obviously Japan would say no. But well, they've been lending. They've been lending in, in, in like the Belt and Road initiatives. You know, like what they've been doing by trying to create the the space where China's being attached to Central Asia, um, and then like the money that they've been in the development projects they've been working on in Africa. There's no doubt. Like it would behoove the United States to start to understand that the things that we fucked up on in Afghanistan, the Chinese are doing a really good job of making themselves look a lot. So more humane socially better i'm sorry i mean to step on your dick no 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 it's fine i was just thinking though i mean because if you just talk about more countries in asia that might back china on this move 
um, if they got somebody else where their dollar was worth, you know, like Australia, mm-hmm. and I know they're not in Asia. Um, but, I mean, there are, like you said, the dominoes thing. Um, and we're not, you know, this ain't, this ain't the stupid shit that those fuckers were talking about. It's, it's just a couple of dominoes that need to fall and then forward momentum takes over. You know, one thing that I thought was really like, I hadn't considered when Jeannie went, she went to, she did a, um, a summer in South Korea for school. And, um, it was the best uh, practice she had had in her life for having to speak Mandarin because everybody in South Korea spoke Mandarin. That is a, a devastating fact because Mandarin, like English, Mandarin in South Korea is the money language. Well, and I think you and I have talked about it for a while. I think, I think Korea just wants to be Korea. I don't think they want to be North and of South. Course, of course. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, you know, when we talked about it, so like in 2000, I was just, I was in my second to last year as an undergraduate and uh, we had this weird third world conference thing that was going on. And uh, as the keynote speaker for the last day of this conference, this is when I was going to Metro, when it was still called Metro State College of Denver, not Metro State University. And uh, um, the South Korean ambassador to the United States was, um, and of course, this is, it was right at the end of 1999 or beginning of 2000. Um, but so this is prior to 2009-11, right? So it was before the axis of evil had been declared, what it was, where Iran and Iraq and North Korea were the evil people that were going to try to upset the United States and do the next terrorist attack. Um, six or seven times at that dinner that night, that South Korean ambassador to the United States kept, was asked are you guys going to reunify? Because there was all kinds of shit in the media about them reunifying. There was a, there was a, a like a railway system that they had planned to, to, to create, which would have allowed South Korea to go through North Korea and to get into China, which would have unified, like made their economies come, come a lot closer together, which is something, you know, the, I know we're so benevolent and wonderful, the United States, but Sometimes we don't we get we got to drive the wedges between between these spaces because of South Korea and North Korea and the United or, and China and Laos and Cambodia and Thailand and Taiwan and Yadi Singapore if they all you know they they don't really need us you know they they can uh, they can go on just fine and go listen to K-pop and C-pop and listen to how they got 17 different languages in Southeast Asia going I mean there's a lot of cross pollinating in those spaces so sometimes it's better for us to be driving those wedges than uh, letting them. No, and I don't. I wonder, like, seriously, how hard any Korean has asked, why don't you guys fucking take this DMZ and shove it up your ass? <laughs> Just leave. Yeah. We don't want you here anymore. But again, it's stability in the region. Oh, that's genie that's actually she told me one other thing when she was there all of the um anti-war peace movement stuff inside of south korea talks a lot like a, a lot along those lines like we don't need you here anymore right so i mean even if they decide not to unify yeah get the fuck out get of here um, okay, so we're at, at 55 minutes now, and I'm not going to shut this down early because we do need to talk about weapons of mass destruction. But um, so I talked about 
well, do you have any more of the finance no, shit no, no, you want fine. to talk yeah. about? Carry on, my good man. Um, so we talked about the Gatling gun on Monday, yeah. a little bit on Wednesday. Um, so the Navy, again, has this fucking Gatling gun that's mounted to, I think, most of their ships. But this one can shoot like three miles away. And it's fast as fuck, and nobody's reloading it. It's just this huge fucking belt. Nobody's I'm sure they have to it. reload it at a, some point. It, right. The <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Gatling gun has made huge, huge steps. You know, it's you mounted on planes, boats. And you don't need accuracy when the caliber is, like, enough to take your fucking head off. Right. It'll, it'll take your leg off. Um, but the futuristic thing, so... I know for sure the United States was working on something called Project Thor. Now, they may still be working on it and just said that they scrapped it. Because according to, I think the article was on Business Insider, they said it was cost prohibitive. So anyway, there's this project, it's called Thor. And I got that part. Everybody everybody called it rods from God. And so basically you took these titanium rods that were about a foot in diameter and 20 feet long and took them up to a satellite in space. And then I don't know how the guidance system worked, if there was one, or if they just waited until they were right over a country and let it go. But... In Vietnam, they use those things called lazy dogs. I think I talked about it on Monday a little bit. Um, just a huge chunk of metal with fins on it that they dropped from 3,000 or 3,500 feet, and it would leave holes like nine feet. Um, so physicists have estimated that if you take this 20-foot-long rod that's a foot long in diameter and drop it from space that the effects would be similar to that of a nuclear detonation without any of the nasty side effects. No radiation. The composition of the rod was? I think it's a foot in diameter, and it's, it's titanium. titanium. Okay. Foot in diameter, 20 feet long. So they said it was cost prohibitive and that it would cost, I can't remember it, like $23 billion per pull to take it up to space. I think that's bullshit personally. And I think we probably already have a bunch of rods already up there. Um, but that is considered a kinetic weapon. Um, we're not the only country working on kinetic weapons. You know, the, the rail gun is sort of considered a kinetic weapon. Um, at least when you look up kinetic weapons, they talk about the railgun a lot. you got to gather that energy. When you're dropping something, the energies Right. It just yeah, from gravity starts period. taking over. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously China has some projects on the board. Um, India does. Russia does. Pakistan does. Probably anybody who has a military budget does. Uh, that would be my guess. But so the future now, and maybe it's because of those UN definitions, how 
that futuristic part is kind of vague, but the nuclear, radiological, biological, and chemical are yeah. fucking stamped real big. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they're starting to work toward this electrical, laser, kinetic type shit. Um, but I don't know. I would kind of like to see what the fuck happens if a 20 foot titanium rod comes from space. I'm not talking about like, I want to see a bunch of people blowing up, but I would like to see like, does it put a fucking huge like asteroid type divot? Like the one in Arizona, mushroom clouds sending up debris. Right. What is, what does it do? Atmosphere and block out the sun. But yeah. Can they name it something else other than a rod from God? I mean, it sounds like you're dropping God's dick, you know, from out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean, I thought Project Thor was kind of stupid too. Yeah. Um. But that, I mean, you know, that that gets the, you know, I mean, it, it'd be bring the to, hammer yeah, down. Bring the hammer. There you go. Yeah. We're bringing the hammer down. Um, so the future, I think, is going to bring a lot of really cool shit that is, well, I don't know, maybe scary, depending on how you look at it. Well, if it's going to kill a lot of people, I'm not going to be very excited about it. Well, but like I, I like said. Idea. Can we do it on another planet? You know, I'm more scared of that that economic or cyber warfare than I am a nuke or a fucking rod from God or whatever. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. And believe me, I'll bring you up to speed with any new developments. There's no doubt that if there's a market for it, our creativity never ends. No, it's, uh, it's, it's good, good stuff. I mean, not that this is a weapon of mass destruction, but you know, I'm sure you've seen that they have those guns now where, cause it used to be, you kind of had to put yourself at risk when you turned the blind spot. So now they have these guns where you can hit a button and it'll go and change. And I don't know exactly how that works. Like if it's just a camera that's looking over there. I don't think it is, because I think you can still shoot. But how the fuck you can shoot around a corner, I don't know. Because that doesn't make any sense. Physically? Right. (laughs) Like, that's that magic bullet that killed Kennedy. It stopped. Turned 90 degrees. (laughs) And then killed somebody. That was one magic movie. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if we... Quote Seinfeld in every episode. I think we do. He he, he, he is sort of, um, there is an omnipotent quality to Seinfeld when it comes to culture from our time period. He's a calm from God. Calm, comedian. I knew you understood. I'm here with you, little buddy. Um, So any future shit you want to talk about that's dangerous that you did some research on? No. Oh. I like the, the, the chemical, the thing with Aaron Monte, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, the fact that we fucking, that we, by using the chemical weapons, it's just like crying wolf, I don't, I don't love that very much, and of course the money stuff like bugs the fucking shit out of me, um, just because of how um, 
we're just uh, we need to be a little bit more humble with regards to the way that we negotiate a lot of these questions. But I like the I like the rods from God. I think that's uh, I think we should like the moon's not going to give you like Mars wouldn't give you a good because you just don't have enough. You need something with a little bit more of a um, atmosphere to like see when that fucking you know it kicks up into the air how much was going to stay up in the air and all that shit right and well so here's kind of what i was thinking too is that if the 20 foot poles were cost prohibitive then can you cut them down to five or ten feet i mean because those lazy dogs put nine foot holes in the ground so i would assume and those were no bigger than a foot so I would assume that if you're launching something from space, that even a five-foot rod would fuck things up pretty good. Well, it just I mean, obviously, like, you have to use something that's not going to burn up in the atmosphere entirely. You know, how big is that 20-foot rod going to be by the time it hits the ground, you know? I mean, I, that's obviously why they use titanium and shit, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a physicist, you know? I, I'm not very... I like conceptually, you know, I'm real good with science fiction movies. But when it comes to the reality of it, you start trying to get me to calculate red shifts and blue shifts. I, I, I got a fucking idea, dude. Red shifts and blue shifts? Were you talking about when they were riding those fucking little bikes on Tron? No, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, and Tron, like, it, it, in the application of, you know, astrophysics. No, it's like the way that they... Uh, the movement of a star at great distance, somehow or another, uh, the 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 shift from one to the other because it says something about temperature allows you to see something about distance. But again, conceptual, yeah, math, fuck no. <laughs> but there were there there are calculations that allow you to make allegedly make determinations about things that you don't really know whether or not they even fucking work because you know they're 152 million light years away. So. Sorry, I was just sitting here trying to look up the name of that documentary because I always forget. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I should have talked about this during the movie one on Wednesday. But if you guys have not seen Stuxnet Cyber War, you need to seriously check it out. Stux? S-T-U-X-N-E-T. Stuxnet Cyber War. Um, and that's about that's about that stuck net Stuxnet worm that went out everywhere. <laughs> um, is that that's not the Iran thing? Yeah, it was the Iran. That thing. is okay. the and and that is in, the, into their uh, into their uh, um, nuclear facilities or whatever. Right, and so really, I mean, um, basically, the United States and Israel fucked up. Well, no, I don't want to say that because I don't know for sure. But I will speculate that the United States and Israel fucked up systems globally in order to shut down one system in Iran. Uh, anyway, check it out, and then you'll understand why cyber warfare scares the piss out of me more than nuclear warfare. Since you brought, just at the end, uh, one of the reasons why... Uh, Saudis got so pissed off at us too and started threatening that was because of the fact that we went back and started to do these talks with Iran about allowing them to uh, redo their nuclear um, facilities so long as they're not 
trying to enrich uranium and create bombs. So there, I mean, again, there's a nuclear component to it, but right. it's a nuclear component for energy, not nuclear component for, and because the Saudis don't like anybody threatening their, the balance of power, you know, they're, they're, they're fine with Israel over there. They're fine with them there. Just not anybody else, you know, it's a weird fucking world. I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm confused every day when I wake up. Um, Fuck. I was going to say something else, but apparently it wasn't important enough for me to remember. Um, we do not know what we're going to talk about on Monday. That is a true statement. <laughs> we are not sure, but um, today is December 30th, so um, you guys have a happy new year. Yeah, last episode of uh, 2022. Yeah. That's the first time we've said that at the end of a year. We probably should have said something festive what you think we should get out the poll the festivist poll happy weapons of mass destruction <laughs> all blings <laughs> that's supposed to be the guy at the end of dr strange love when he's riding the bomb and uh, crash and then they start to play we'll meet again don't know where don't know when that's pretty good, dude. Yeah, yeah. You really are a singer. There's no doubt. I don't appreciate your your hip-hop. Um, all right. So reach us via email, shortbusdebateclub at yahoo.com. 7204. 334. 334. Uh, 7655. This bus is done. Crash. We're out of gas. Fuck it. <laughs> Later. Goodbye.